Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the As a Woman podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie Crawford. I'm a board certified fertility doctor. And today we are talking more about IVF restrictions on IVF and the Supreme Court ruling in Alabama. Specifically, what I want to talk about is the Italian experience. And what I mean is that when we see pro-life Republican or conservative politicians coming out after the Alabama Supreme Court ruling and saying, no, no, we support IVF. We support people having babies. They're using very specific terminology, and I want to explain this to you. I think the place where we're going to start, I think obviously if you don't know what I'm talking about, I have an episode right before this talking about embryos and the Alabama Supreme Court ruling. The one-liner is that embryos were declared children in a case where embryos were accidentally destroyed and some couples wanted to sue, they wanted to get damages, which it's a devastating thing to have something happen to embryos. Clinic, absolutely, there's some fault in some pieces of this because how could a random person get in? However, in order to get more money or to advance a political agenda, the case was brought that this wasn't just negligence or destruction of property, that they wanted to sue under wrongful death of children. And if embryos are children, it places a lot of restrictions. And this is what I want to talk about because what you're seeing right now is a complete halt on anything that has to do with an embryo, specifically because this was a wrongful death claim, which is even more severe and restrictive than what we have seen with the Italian law 40, which is a really good case study for us to understand implications of words and how they have meanings. So the fact that this was a wrongful death suit and the reason why clinics in Alabama are not doing things with embryos, if your staff, if you, if your patient, if somebody could have a wrongful death charge brought against them, that's huge liability and that makes it too restrictive to practice modern medicine. Now, does saying that embryos or children make IVF illegal? No. Does it make a lot of questions on what you can do and if you can do IVF as we have done it? Absolutely. And does it put a lot of risk on anything? And to get context, when I hear people online saying, oh, just move your embryos out of state, these people should all get out of there. 
It's not that easy. Traveling for reproductive care is hard. If you have embryos there right now, some clinics are not shipping them out. It's a coordinated process. We just moved over 400 people's embryos and eggs into our new lab, and that took months to coordinate because the lab that has to package them, prepare them, have a date, they have to be received, a lot of paperwork has to be filled out, there's consent forms. It takes a lot of time from your staffing. And I want you to know that it doesn't just happen overnight. And many shipping companies and clinics in Alabama are saying, if these are children and something happens, we're not willing to risk that. Because how do you know something happens? It's easy for us to think about, oh, a fire and they get destroyed or a power grid fails and everything loses its cryogenic temperature. But if we really think about it, not every embryo survives the freeze-thaw as it is. IVF is amazing and beautiful, but this is not perfect. If you've been through IVF, you know that. So it's not perfect and 1% of embryos don't survive the freeze-thaw even if they look beautiful under the microscope. And so is that opening up a liability? That embryo didn't survive, it was frozen It's a child in a cryogenic nursery. It's an extra uterine child. So if the normal act of IVF and an embryo is frozen and doesn't survive, which they don't always survive, now is that a wrongful death charge? I mean, it seems really dumb. I agree. But realistically, you can't function under that type of liability when you know not every embryo is going to survive that process. So it starts to bring up, can you freeze embryos? Can you thaw them? Can you biopsy them? Can you do genetic testing? And so I see a lot of people coming in and saying, oh, the fertility doctors are going crazy. There's no way that conservatives are going to come in and outlaw IVF. It doesn't make sense. It would make too many people unhappy. And they're telling us that they don't want to. And you know what? I think you're right. I think this wrongful death of a child, the wrong way to go there, but I 100% think they want to restrict IVF. And I'm going to give you examples because making something illegal and making something so inefficient, ineffective, unsafe, it will mean that people don't do it. It will mean that we're not utilizing this technology in the way that we have come so far. The oldest IVF baby is 45 years. I talk to patients all the time about how much the field has changed and evolved for the good. A lot of our misconceptions about the field come from older versions of IVF. And when you go and place restrictions on things, we're going to have bad outcomes. So let me read you some of the words of support we're seeing from people who do not want to outlaw IVF, which is very different than saying I want to protect IVF. And in fact, we know they don't. This is because Senator Tammy Duckworth has a bill that she was trying to get passed for national IVF protections. And Wednesday, this week, February 28th, Republicans blocked it. So the idea that somebody's trying to say that IVF should be protected, there should not be restrictions on it, 
this is such extreme hypocrisy from hearing what these Republicans are saying. And when you listen to it, the words they're saying are very specific. Let's pay attention to their words. This is Senator Tommy Tuberville from Alabama. Y'all know I'm an Auburn girl, so this one hurts my heart. Why celebrities shouldn't be politicians. When asked for his take on the Alabama Supreme Court ruling that embryos are children, in the span of three minutes, and I'm sure y'all have seen the video, he said he was all for it, didn't agree with it, supported IVF, and, well, he should just read the bill. There's no bill. We have Representative Michelle Steele who says, On Twitter, as someone who struggled to get pregnant, I believe all life is a gift. IVF allowed me, as it has so many others, to start my family. I believe there's nothing more pro-life than helping families have children, and I do not support federal restrictions on IVF. And then fun fact, she co-sponsored the Life at Conception Act, which would ban IVF because it grants equal rights to the pre-born, including embryos, because it says the moment of fertilization. So she can say this, she can personally benefit from IVF, but she's not willing to extend those same protections that we could see in a national bill to support and protect IVF. And then we have Donald Trump's statement, and I want you to really pay attention to some of his words. Under my leadership, the Republican Party will always support the creation of strong, thriving, healthy American families. We want to make it easier for mothers and fathers to have babies, not harder. That includes supporting the availability of fertility treatments like IVF in every state in America. Like the overwhelming majority of Americans, including the vast majority of Republicans, conservatives, Christians, and pro-life Americans, I strongly support the availability of IVF for couples who are trying to have a precious baby. Today, I am calling on the Alabama legislator to act quickly to find an immediate solution to preserve the availability of IVF in Alabama. The Republican Party should always be on the side of the miracle of life, the side of mothers, fathers, and their beautiful babies. IVF is an important part of that, and our great Republican Party will always be with you in your quest and the ultimate joy of life. So he very clearly, despite prior actions of verbally supporting a life at conception, bill, which would really make this illegal. In this statement, he's saying, I wouldn't make it illegal. I support it. So he's playing both sides, but he's using a lot of IVF for couples, for mothers, for fathers, for babies. Nowhere does he say you should have the right to choose. You should be able to do IVF in a way that is affordable, effective, safe, efficient, that the modern practice of IVF needs to be protected that the government shouldn't impose restrictions on IVF. He's not saying that. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Quince. The weather's getting warmer, so it's time to say goodbye to jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. And luckily, I found Quince. Now I've got a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. The best part is that Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands, but Quince partners directly with top factories, cutting out the cost of the middleman, passing the saving to us, and only working with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices. 
I personally cannot wait to wear my cute tan linen set this summer. So it's your turn to get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash A-A-W for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash A-A-W to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash A-A-W. Thank you, Quince. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Ritual. Did you know that women were excluded from clinical research policy by federal law until 1993? But women belong in scientific research. They're essential and Ritual knows this. I choose Ritual Multivitamin every day because it is easy to take and I know that I am getting high quality and traceable ingredients in a clean and bioavailable forms. In fact, Ritual conducted a university-led human clinical trial for their Essential for Women 18 Plus multivitamin to assess its efficacy, and the results showed increase in vitamin D levels by 43% and omega-3 DHA levels by 41% in just 12 weeks. Know my shady business. Ritual's Essential for Women 18 Plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash A-A-W. Start Ritual or add Essential for Women 18 Plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash A-A-W for 25% off. Thank you, Ritual. And he's not saying it on purpose. So remember that in IVF, you are stimulating one month's group of eggs to all grow. These eggs are going to die. So you're giving them all a chance to grow and you're taking them out of the body. We'll use an average 30-year-old. This could be about 20 eggs. From these 20 eggs, we're going to fertilize them with sperm in a lab, and we would get about 75 to 80% fertilization. So let's say we have 16. From here, they're going to grow out to an embryo, and about half of them will make it to an implantation stage embryo called a blastocyst. That would be eight. And now if we go and we do genetic testing, we would expect the number of normal to be proportional to your age. So I said a 30-year-old, so we would say 60 to 70% normal. If this was a 40-year-old, we'd have 20, 25% normal. So a huge discrepancy in the actual number of euploid or genetically normal viable embryos and how many eggs you got. And these embryos are frozen. You take the biopsy sample from the placenta, you freeze the embryo. Remember, it can go to negative 360 degrees Fahrenheit. I would like to see you do that to a human and have it survive. But then it can thaw once you know the results and you could transfer a genetically euploid embryo with an expectation of pregnancy at best around 65%. And so that's a very imperfect science and it has come so, so far. We quote people that number. If you don't get pregnant and you have another embryo in your second transfer, your cumulative success rate is 88%. And if you don't get pregnant, you go on to three. The amount of people who will be pregnant after three genetically normal embryo transfers is 95%. We just grew embryos to the blastocyst stage, did genetic testing, froze embryos, transferred them one at a time. We decreased the risk of ovarian hyperstimulation by not doing fresh transfers. We decreased the rate of miscarriage by doing genetic testing. We decreased the rate of preterm birth, pre-viable birth, birth complications by doing a single embryo transfer at a time. We are helping more people have healthy babies, more moms survive, 
more families. Remember that 2% of the U.S. births are from IVF. Now, all of those things need certain things. You have to be able to freeze embryos, biopsy embryos. You have to be able to make enough embryos to get to that end goal. The people who say they support IVF, the people who are not saying there need to be protections on IVF, there need to be no restrictions on IVF, they're being very careful to say they support it because they have the blueprint and it was the Italian Law 40. In 2004, Italy passed a law which was very surprising because it gave full personhood rights to a human embryo. It took over 10 years, 40 court rulings to tame the terms of this, and thousands and thousands of patients suffered because of what happened. People who practiced in Italy during that time would say it's a moral disaster, the restrictions, not being able to help people that you know you could have. Law 40 was passed February 19th, 2004, so this isn't a very long time ago. In the original version, it was to ban the use of human embryos for experimentation and banning surrogacy, but they also banned freezing embryos. They also limited it that no more than three embryos could be produced, and all three had to be implanted at the same procedure in a fresh cycle because you couldn't freeze embryos. They also made it so that you could not do pre-implantation genetic testing, which in the Mediterranean countries is a huge deal because there is a high prevalence of genetic abnormalities that are linked to some single gene disorders that could be preventable. Sperm donation, illegal. Egg donation, illegal. And then now we have data that we can look back on. So a study was published in Fertility and Sterility in 2008, looking at some success rates before and after, and looking at the birth rate per transfer, and this is having one or more babies because we did see an increase in twins and triplets. But if you were under age 35, 17% of the time after transfer, you would have a baby. If you were 35 to 37, 21% of the time. If you were 38 to 39, 16% of the time. And if you were 40 to 41, 4% of the time. And these numbers are low. IVF has gotten better. IVF has gotten better is the point. If we enact laws like this, which is all under this embryo personhood, guys, we are going to see a drop in success rates from 65% per embryo transfer, a cumulative chance of 95% after three to this. And part of the issue here is that you're also sitting out of the game longer if you're doing fresh transfers. You're discarding eggs, only fertilizing three. That's very inefficient. If you're getting pregnant, you're having miscarriages because especially if you're older, some of these are genetically abnormal, you are potentially going to run out of eggs, not be able to find enough until you can find a normal embryo. And now a word from one of our sponsors, Apostrophe. With the temperatures starting to warm up, I'm so excited the summer is around the corner and getting ready and looking forward to the summer months. But I know that when I'm outside, enjoying nature, I need to pick up supplies to prepare myself for summer adventures. And if you want to get your skin glowing in time for summer, it's time for you to get started with Apostrophe 
who is sponsoring this episode. Apostrophe's goal is to help you feel confident in your own skin. So whether you're dealing with breakouts, signs of aging, or acne scarring, Apostrophe will help you love the skin you're in. I personally love that you get access to an expert dermatology team, a tailored treatment plan. It's simple to sign up for your first visit, and there is no in-person appointment or trip to the pharmacy needed. We have a special deal for our audience. Get your first visit for only $5 at apostrophe.com slash A-A-W when you use our code A-A-W. That's a savings of $15. This code is only available to our listeners. To get started, just go to apostrophe.com slash A-A-W and click get started. Then use the code A-A-W at sign up and you'll get your first visit for only $5. Thank you, Apostrophe, for sponsoring this episode. If you are over age 40, you probably need to send off 9 to 10 embryos for genetic testing to find one normal to have a 65% chance of success. And so that means you are going to need to fertilize a number closer to 20 eggs. That is not achieved in one cycle for most people. And so this idea that we're going to purposefully limit your success rate, and we see people do this with many IVF. I was just in a group and I saw a physician who's 43, who's gone through four rounds of mini IVF. This person has an AMH that's very high for her age and could potentially get 20 or so eggs, but they are understimulating her only to get four or five doing transfers of the day three stage to freeze no embryos. And they're telling her that it's going to be more cost-effective, but it's not because she's gotten pregnant zero times and she's done four cycles and she has spent more cumulative money than she would have had we been able to do IVF in the modern way, growing all the eggs we could, taking them out of the body, fertilizing them, growing them to blastocysts, biopsying them all, freezing them all, finding a normal one, transferring a normal one. Same amount or less time, and she would probably be pregnant and would have saved money. But now she's done round after round after round after round of mini IVF. And this is a marketing ploy from some clinics. Mini IVF has a place. This is not the place. Side note. This is a marketing ploy towards older women and they're just pounding them through to make more money from them and they're really not using your reproductive time well. That is very similar to what the Italian Law 40 would do, except it's only three. And we're going to see rates super low, where if you're 40, you now have a 4% chance. In the same study in FNS, we saw that the twin rate was 25% and the triplet weight was 2%. And there was a really high number of selective reduction, meaning people were reducing these triplet pregnancies down to singletons because it was too dangerous, which feels like the exact opposite of what they were proposed trying to do with this bill. In addition to just making IVF less successful and more dangerous because having triplet pregnancies, having twin pregnancies are more risky, having to go through more cycles. The law in Italy also said that the couples trying to have children had to be of different genders. They had to be married or living together. You could not do surrogacy. There was no egg sperm donation, meaning there was no single mom by choice. There was no lesbian or gay couples having families, which is something that we 
do all the time. I have a strong belief that you should be able to have a family if you want one, regardless of what your family structure looks like. So to summarize, you could only fertilize three, could not freeze any embryos, could not do genetic testing, had to implant them in a fresh transfer. No genetic testing. It's just so different from where we are now. And now is 20 years later. So that's expected and good. How we do IVF now is different than how we did IVF in the United States, even in that same time period. Success rates, efficiency, trying to help somebody have a child and potentially have a future child. Embryo cryopreservation helps people who are going through cancer, who are going, delaying their childbearing, who potentially have a medical disorder, who need a surrogate. I recently saw a patient who'd had an organ transplant and cannot carry but wants to be a mom. Her eggs are fine. Why should she not be allowed to go through IVF, make embryos, and have somebody else carry a baby so that she can still be a mom of her genetic child, which is something she wants? When people say they support IVF and they support couples, mothers and fathers using IVF to have babies, they are very specifically not saying that they want to protect the right of IVF to persist and exist. They do not want reproductive autonomy so that you can talk with your doctor about what makes sense. They do not want us to be able to practice IVF in the modern way. And this is all on a continuum of control. Who should have the right to have a family? What access can they have? We all know that Roe was not about abortion. Or you should know that Roe was not about abortion. Roe was about reproductive autonomy, really healthcare autonomy, privacy. You have the right within your healthcare, your private citizen, that's you and your doctor to decide what you want to do. That extended and protected healthcare decisions. With that gone, this is why we are now seeing any private autonomous healthcare decision could be brought up and is not protected. But of course, what they are coming at are reproductive rights and they are putting it under this spotlight of right to life. But they have a clear guide for how they can restrict something so much that makes it inefficient. You will have patients leave. Reproductive tourism will become a thing out from state to state, or if the whole country goes this way, to other countries. In Italy, there was a huge efflux of tourism to Spain. Everybody left and went to Spain if they could. Spain had a huge economic boost. They were able to develop and advance the field. And a lot of the growth in IVF came from Spain because they took a different approach or we are going to see how we can keep making this technology better and help more people. Meanwhile, Italy has put all these restrictions. You will lose doctors, embryologists who are so hard to find. It takes a lot of money to keep IVF clinics open because of liability, equipment, staffing. And if you don't have the people coming in to do cycles, if you don't have the people to run the clinic, the clinic will not be there. Then people who cannot travel, cannot afford it, won't be able to get pregnant. 
the access to fertility care is going to be so restricted and it's going to extend to contraception. Obviously, it's extending to abortion, but it's also going to extend to birth decisions and to other choices, surrogacy, adoption. We're going to see a multiple ripple effect. So I don't want you to be under the illusion of, I see all these people saying they support IVF. That's so good. This will never happen. There'll never be a ban. That's so different than protecting IVF, protecting your healthcare decisions, being able to offer you treatment in a safe, effective, and accessible way. Even in the time that I have been in this field, which is about a decade, we've made such immense progress. And I've seen people who haven't kept up get left behind. This is mind-blowing to consider going backwards, and we need to, number one, be vocal. Share your stories about why this matters to you, about why it's important, why we pay attention. Number two, vote. Vote, 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 vote. Little elections, big elections. This is not a year to say, oh, neither presidential candidate is good, so I'm not going to vote. They are very clearly telling you what they will do with this issue, and if you care about it, you got to vote and convince people in your life that they need to vote as well. Follow organizations to keep you up to date. Doctors for Fertility, ASRM, Resolve, everybody's watching this closely. If it's coming to your state, you are going to need to show up. Must be present to win. You've got to call. You've got to write. This is not a time for us to let our country continue to go in this direction without doing anything. The other side is doing a lot. They are very loud. They're doing a lot. Their narrative is sexy, that life is good. I get messages every day. Every day on Instagram, I get messages that I'm killing babies, that what I do is murder, that I shouldn't be allowed to freeze babies or create life, that my job is not going to exist in the future. People are so convicted that they send me direct messages saying that. So please do not believe that this is an isolated incident. And because so many of you have shared your story, I'm going to read just a couple things before we go because it's easy to think one thing until it happens to you or your friend. And it's easy to think that this would never happen or it doesn't mean what you think it means. I'm a current CRM patient halfway through IVF with my transfer schedule. This morning, I received the call from CRM that everything's on hold. My appointment, my one perfect embryo is just out of reach. Two years of treatment, surgery, fighting to get here, and now I'm suspended at the last minute. Right now, I'm typing through my tears. I'm a single mom by choice because I was diagnosed with complex hyperplasia with atypia. My oncologist got me a window to try IVF before I have my uterus removed. I have one healthy embryo, one tiny window before I have to have a hysterectomy. This is my chance to make my dream of motherhood come true, and it feels like the rug is being ripped out from under me. I know I'm not alone, and I refuse to go down without a fight. Save IVF. This is so insane. I've had four rounds of retrievals. I've had so many embryos that were never viable. Am I supposed to implant them anyway? Would I have to have miscarriages? Do I have to pay to store them for life? What happens when I die? Who would pay the storage fees? I had a uterus transplant at UAB. I was born without a uterus, and I'm supposed to do a transfer in the next couple of months to have my second baby before they do a hysterectomy on me, 
to be able to come off all of my transplant meds I take daily. This is scary and stressful knowing I can't even do an embryo transfer and I am on a tight timeline. As an Alabamian whose IVF cycle was unsuccessful, this is devastating. Clinics are halting treatment due to a political agenda. Isn't infertility difficult enough? As a woman who's on her second IUI, works in healthcare, and is a nurse practitioner, I understand the reality I might need IVF, and I live in Alabama. Thank you for speaking up for us. Thanks for using your platform for awareness. Thank you for being an advocate. We are terrified, overwhelmed, and scared here. Helps to know there's others who support us. And I have message after message where people are sharing their stories that eggs don't equal embryos, how many embryos they needed to get to a baby, and the reality of what it means that these clinics are closed. I'm going to end with this from an embryologist. In their decision, the court referenced the Bible numerous times, stating that human life cannot be wrongfully destroyed without incurring the wrath of a holy God who views the destruction of his image as an affront to himself. The Medical Association of the State of Alabama warned that the decision might force fertility clinics to shut down. The court dismissed it, prioritizing the protection of an unborn life without exception. This is a natural extension of the march towards fetal personhood. You only need one state to be the first out of the gate, and then the next one will feel less radical. This is a cause of great concern for anyone that cares about people's reproductive rights and abortion care, said Dana Sussman, Deputy Executive Director of Pregnancy Justice. And that was from Embryo Manificial, who's awesome if you don't follow him. Overall, I need you guys, I need you to speak up, share. I'm going to get back to regular scheduled content, educating you about fertility because that's what I can do, but I'm always going to be an advocate because this is my passion. As a physician, I'm not going to go down without a fight, so I'm right next to you guys advocating and demanding that we don't let this happen to our country. If you want to leave a voicemail because we're getting back into those voicemail episodes, you can call 657-229-3672. Again, that's 657-229-3672. That can be any question on any fertility topic. Would love to answer that. You can also follow along on Instagram at Natalie Crawford MD. Every Monday we have a Q&A question box and follow along on YouTube to watch short videos for little bursts of educational knowledge. Thanks, friends.